Patrick Mahomes. Yo, this guy is different. He has All votes of confidence for Patrick Mahomes. What did Dan Orlovsky say about Pat Mahomes' legacy? Woo! The Super Bowl does not define a quarterback's legacy. He's sick and tired of the argument. So so let's hear it. Let's hear it. Dan Orlovsky, this is from NFL Live. Yes. NFL Live on ESPN. This is Dan Orlovsky speaking about Pat Mahomes' legacy. If Patrick retired today, he's likely in the Hall of Fame. What he's accomplished, he's gone to five straight conference championship games. He's got two MVPs. He's a Super Bowl MVP. He's gone to the Super Bowl three out of the last four years. He's broken statistical. He's doing things historically we have never done. I don't want us to fall into this three, four year or three, four decade conversation of, well, the quarterback always has been and always will be tied to the ultimate end goal. I don't like when we do that. I don't think it's fair to a position that is the most dependent position in all professional sports. Patrick Mahomes is trying to go get a Super Bowl, but for me, it has nothing to do with the legacy, so to speak. That is right now very much so cemented as it comes to an individual player. You know what that sounds like to me? Don't even go there. That sounds like he's already making an excuse for Pat Mahomes. I, how does that not come off as an excuse? I'm sorry. No, it comes off on the side of the argument that it's not easy to win a Super Bowl, and it should not be counted against you, especially I, one out of the 22 guys on the field at one point. I'm not surprised you're saying this as an Aaron Rodgers fan. Don't even go there as well. <laughs> like, five straight AFC Championship game. If he retire right now, he is a first ballot Hall of Famer, but we're going to get into this dog bleep, dog bleep. Trying to find that. Um, yeah, it was dog. Conversation about thanks, Coach Sala. Quarterbacks and how they need rings. It just, oh, I love Dan Orlovsky right there. He's on the money to me. But, but what I'm saying though is, it seems like now Dan Orlovsky knows what's coming. He's hedging. He knows what's coming, and we talked about it. We talked about it on this show earlier this week when uh, we were we were discussing. Hey, who um who who potentially has the the most question that they need to answer? Who potentially right now has the most questions they need to answer involved in the Super Bowl? I said Andy Reid, but I think Pat Mahomes is right there. I think Pat Mahomes is right there, and it's partially because he's been to so many AFC title games, because this is his third Super Bowl. If he goes out like he went out against the Bucs, then I do think he's open for criticism. I know what's going to happen. If the Chiefs lose, then it's going to be uh, an a open season on Pat Mahomes, and that's unfair. I get that, but... Dan Orlovsky saying that, I, I mean, I just, it sounds like an excuse. If he's going to drop that before the Super Bowl, that timing suggests to me that he's just trying to make an excuse for Pat Mahomes because he knows that the Eagles are the significantly better team. But they're not. Says who? I think the defensive metrics don't match up with the offensive metrics of the Chiefs. They just don't. It's a pick em. It's a pick em in the Super Bowl. We've gotten like three of them before in the past. A pick em game. Then why are we going to this place where we're already making excuses for Patrick Mahomes? Let's hear it one more time. This is Dan Orlovsky. Keep in mind, 
This is 72 hours before the Super Bowl. This is NFL Live, ESPN, Dan Orlovsky volunteering this about Patrick Mahomes 72 hours before the game. If Patrick retired today, he's likely in the Hall of Fame. What he's accomplished, he's gone to five straight conference championship games. He's got two MVPs. He's a Super Bowl MVP. He's gone to the Super Bowl three out of the last four years. He's broken statistical. He's doing things historically we have never done. I don't want us to fall into this three, four year or three, four decade conversation of, well, the quarterback always has been and always will be tied to the ultimate end goal. I don't like when we do that. I don't think it's fair to a position that is the most dependent position in all professional sports. Patrick Mahomes is trying to go get a Super Bowl, but for me, it has nothing to do with the legacy, so to speak. That is right now very much so cemented as it comes to an individual player. Okay, that's fine. But then how are we judging quarterbacks? Like, this goes back to a question I keep asking, Stone. How do we judge quarterbacks? Are we doing wins? Are we doing yards? Are we doing touchdowns? Are we doing rings? Because Brady retires, and all of a sudden, it's, oh, well, Peyton Manning was the best regular season quarterback, and, oh, Joe Montana was the best Super Bowl quarterback, and, oh, yeah, there's Brady, but none of those things count, but these other things do count. How do we judge quarterbacks? And here we are, Patrick Mahomes, days before his third Super Bowl appearance, and we're already saying... Hey, his legacy's intact. How dare you? How dare you be critical of him if he loses a Super Bowl again? When if Brady lost a Super Bowl, ha 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 ha! Look at what happened there to Tom Brady. See, he didn't go undefeated in the Super Bowl like Joe Montana did. Ha ha! What a failure! Like, where? Why are we picking and choosing and and cherry picking how we attack these different pro arguments for these different quarterbacks? I mean, there's not necessarily an answer, right? That's why we're proposing the question. But first and foremost, I, I, I would say don't overthink it, right? We talked about it a month ago, about which quarterback are you taking right now, whether it was Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. Like, our inevitable answer on the show between three guys was Patrick Mahomes. Like, what are we judging that off of everything? Like, every metric we put into one and said, this is who we're taking right now if we had to go into a Super Bowl right now. I'm taking Patrick Mahomes over Aaron Rodgers right now. I'm taking Patrick Mahomes over Tom Brady right now, even Tom Brady of five years ago. Like, I'm taking Patrick Mahomes... I don't know what metric I'm going off of, but not overthinking it, I think, is important. I mean, it, it, I will say what Dan Orlovsky did there, I, I, I get it, but it's also very, it's very unbecoming because it almost seems like Dan Orlovsky is pushing Pat Mahomes' propaganda. Like, come on, man. He more so knows what's coming if the Chiefs do lose. So he's putting up this preventative shield, and it's like, I know what's coming, and I'm trying to take some of the blow for him here or trying to make some of you guys not say what I know you're going to say. If the Chiefs lose Sunday, if the Chiefs lose Sunday, how much criticism should Pat Mahomes be open for? If the Chiefs lose on Sunday, is it deserved for Pat Mahomes to receive criticism? I say, yeah, I, 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 I do. Again, you can't play that position in that sport and be shielded from it. And I think Pat Mahomes is the best player in the game. I think Pat Mahomes is the deserved MVP. But, like, I'm sorry, you can't beat a, though, that many AFC title games and then lose a second of third Super Bowls and not at least have some questions raised about what's missing. Where's the next step? How come you couldn't finish the job? I, 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 and, and it might come off as unfair, but I don't think it's out of the realm to... Pose questions. Why is this happening? Should Pat Mahomes be open to criticism? 
if the Chiefs lose to the Eagles on Sunday. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And I'll ask you this. Was it Max Kellerman or was it Greenberg who said this was the greatest Eagles team of all time? Or was it Sal Pal? Sal Pal. So let's go. Let's say he loses the two of his three Super Bowls. One of them being to the greatest athlete of our lifetime in Tom Brady. And the other one being to arguably the greatest Eagles team of all time. I compare it to a LeBron James and a Michael Jordan. LeBron James, yeah, he, he's not six of six. Or in this case, yeah, that's how many finals he's been to. Eight or nine of them. He's lost to arguably the greatest basketball team of all time in the Golden State Warriors. He's lost to Dirk Nowinski and these guys when you go back to Michael Jordan and he was losing to the Jazz. He was getting bounced by the Pistons all at the right. time. Like, like I, it's really apples and oranges. I understand what you're saying. Strength of you're, you're bringing like the strength of schedule argument and it's a strength of quarterback argument and yeah. that's fine except you hit Tom Brady in his grandpa stage. Uh, you, you, you lost to Tom Brady in his twilight stage and it wasn't competitive either. Listen, I'm not trying to kneecap Pat Mahomes here. I am a big Patrick Mahomes stan. I appreciate Patrick Mahomes. When we had the debate on this show about Mahomes or Burrow, Mahomes or Burrow, I thought it was patently absurd, ridiculous, downright imbecilic to even bring up that you would take Burrow over Pat Mahomes. That said, I'm sorry. You can't be in five straight AFC title games and have one in three Super Bowls and have one title to show for it and to be completely bereft of criticism. It just, especially in this sports era, it doesn't work like that. If you're going to be a legacy quarterback, it doesn't work like that. Isn't this reminiscent of 2016 Cavs versus the Warriors? I mean, this is Patrick Mahomes bringing in a sorry Cavs team here. We're talking Isaiah Pacheco. Juju Smith-Schuster, none of the weapons that he's had besides Travis Kelsey. Defense lackluster against what? This is a Golden State Warriors-looking Eagles team. Like, they got everybody. So, who who um, who in the Eagles is going to kick someone in the Chiefs in the crotch and get ejected in order for the Cavaliers slash Chiefs to be able to win this game? That'd be either Lane Johnson or Jason Kelsey. <laughs> Bold prediction! Yeah! yeah. Or, I like that. or you got like a guy like Brandon Graham who likes to talk a lot of smack. I like that bold crotch-kicking prediction. <laughs> I tell you what, man. We have started a legacy segment here on Ken Levick Alive. Bold predictions on a Super Bowl Friday freaking rules. Uh, if Pat Mahomes can't win Sunday, should he be open to criticism? Dan Orlovsky straight up saying no. I, I don't want to hear it. Uh, legacy set in stone. He'd be a Hall of Famer if he retired today. I think sort of preemptively creating an excuse for Pat Mahomes. Should Pat Mahomes be open to criticism if the Chiefs don't win Sunday? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. In Palm Beach Gardens, let's talk to Bob. What's up, Bob? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Good. I think um, if, if Pat Mahomes goes down... Like the way he did against the Bucks, um, it will be and much deserved. He will be tear, you know, torn apart. If they go to a thirty-one, thirty-one, you know, final fourth quarter, last second field goal and lose that way, obviously he, I don't believe he will. Yeah, be context a, matters there. I think you're right, Bob. Context absolutely matters there. You can't fault the dude unless he has a crushing interception late for getting into a shootout. With the Eagles. Like, right. that that would be weird if I jumped on the air Monday and I was like, 
Oh, Mahomes couldn't pull it off because that that just wouldn't fit with what our eyes saw. Right, and I hate to say it, um, I'm not an Eagles fan. I think their fans are the worst and the toughest and <laughs> most ruthless in all of sports. But that is true. I do believe um, I'm a and I'm a Mahomes believer and a fan. But I do believe the Eagles are. It's their year. It's been their year all season. Um, I just think it, they're going to dominate the game yeah. on uh, both sides of the ball. We're on the same wavelength there, Bob. We absolutely are. Both in Eagles and Philadelphia fans being the worst and the fact that it definitely feels like the Eagles are, uh, are going to win this game Sunday. I am I'm a bit put off by a current superstar NFL player and a former legendary NFL player. First, I want to... I want to hear from Debo Samuel, who was on with Adam Shine, Sirius XM Mad Dog Radio yesterday from Radio Row at the Super Bowl. And this is Debo Samuel talking about if things were different injury-wise in the NFC Championship game. Here's 49ers wide receiver Debo Samuel. I picked you guys to win. I thought you and Christian had unbelievable matchups. You jump out to a lead. The way your defense was playing, number one in the... People talk about the Eagles' defense all week. You guys had the best defense in the NFL. How would you have knocked them off? I mean, is the, I mean, we can just go back to, I mean, first quarter, first half. I mean, just, just look how well our defense was actually playing. It's a great point. It's a great um, point. Keeping, keeping Jalen in, in, in the pocket, which he doesn't like to do at all. Um, you can just see, I mean, you you on on fourth and six, you grant them a catch, and you know it's not a catch on, on fourth down. Um, and that caused them to get down there at that point. I mean, then kind of reflect after that. Um, Brock, fumble. I mean, they're right there at the, the 20, 25-yard line. I mean, all right, that's points right there. Uncomfortably just bad. kind of the amount of penalties that was just like, it was just outrageous. And... What a coincidence again. We turn the ball over right there again, and that's it's it's 21-7. So the offense wasn't doing anything nothing. to be like literally nothing. Nothing. Our defense was doing as what they were supposed to, and I, I felt like if Brock was in and our quarterback and how our offense moves, I mean it would it, I don't think it would have been close if that makes sense. So I mean I understand still being upset about how the NFC Championship game went down if you're Debo Samuel, but you can't in good faith say that, A, you would have won the game if Brock Purdy was healthy and was playing quarterback, and especially, B, that it, quote, wouldn't have even been close. This sour grapes thing from the 49ers, can't you just accept the fact that it sucks, your quarterback got hurt, but also, that Eagles defense is the reason your quarterback got hurt, and that Eagles defense is the reason why they won the game and eventually won the game going away. Like, stop. I picked the 49ers to win as well, and you know what? I can acknowledge the Eagles probably were the better team. They were going to be destined to beat the 49ers anyways. Would the game have been closer? Sure. Would the 49ers have won, and it wouldn't have even been close, according to Debo Samuel? That's just dumb. And it, this goes back to Christian McCaffrey earlier this week, too, being asked, being asked, hey, uh, who do you pick to win? And he goes, I, I'm not going to pick either either one of the teams. I don't want either one of the teams to win. Just stop. Just stop. This is not a, a good look on the 49ers. I get being upset, but you got beat up. 
You got beat up. You got routed. Move on. The problem for me is they're not even hiding the saltiness. Like, and it's fine to be salty, but this is like we're two weeks past it now in a game where it was over in the third quarter. And we're not stupid either. Like, right. Debo was bringing up these examples. Like, nobody believes anything you're saying. The only people that are liking what you're putting out in the air are 49ers fans. That's obviously a small group of people compared to the amount watching the Super Bowl and obviously rooting for a certain side. So these guys aren't even hiding it. It's honestly a little embarrassing. And then, Wright Thompson, just a brilliant writer. One of the greatest sports writers of all time wrote a feature for ESPN.com on Joe Montana. And Wright Thompson, to talk about it, talk about that piece that he wrote where he talked with Joe Montana and put together a beautiful expose. He was on the Dan Patrick Show and the conversation took an interesting turn and took a turn to where I'm not sure I can see eye to eye here with Joe Montana. Here's this conversation from the Dan Patrick Show. But I also wondered about this, and, and we have Tom Brady, who is now that guy. Joe used to be that guy. Now, what does Joe think about where he is in in the uh, the you know pantheon of quarterbacks now that Brady has superseded him? Oh, I mean, he hates it. You know, I mean, like I think. Uh, Does he and, say you know, he family, hates it? He said, "You know how Joe is. He's like, but yes, absolutely. I mean, he uh, he watches the, he watches the games. He." He, like the rest of us, wants to know why Pete Carroll didn't give the ball to Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> okay. You know, I mean, he was just like, give the damn ball to Marshawn. I mean, I, I, I think, I mean, I spent a decent amount of time around him. And I think it's he's less jealous of the rings than he is of the fact that he gets to watch someone else sort of live his life that got ripped from him. What what life is that? What life did Joe Montana have ripped from him? I know he suffered some injuries later in his career, and then he ended up in Kansas City, still went to an AFC title game there. But what is with the pettiness there? Or is Wright Thompson just mischaracterizing how Joe Montana sees this? Now, Joe Montana doesn't make himself overly public any longer, but I would hate... For Joe Montana to sit there and to be hating, and I get being competitive. And when you're one of the all-time greats, you're extremely competitive, right? And you you thrive off of, here's what I accomplished. Here's how I keep people from accomplishing what I have accomplished. But the fact of the matter is, when you win seven championships, there was nothing that was going to come out of that if you're Joe Montana that was... Like that that ship sailed. That petty ship sailed many, 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 many years ago. What are we talking, by, like 40? Yeah, by, by this time, it should have sunk in, right? That, hey, Tom Brady, he, he accomplished in football what I ultimately wanted to accomplish. But is he talking about Tom Brady's lifestyle? Is he talking about the popularity of Tom Brady? Because, again, Joe... It just while the NFL was huge when you were at your prime with the 49ers, the NFL, and that's just based on timing, and nobody could do anything about it. The NFL became that much bigger tenfold by the time Brady came into the mix. And so he became the face of the league. Joe Montana had his time as the face of the league. I just I don't know what there would be to be upset about if you're Joe Montana. What what exactly 
would would Joe Montana hate about Tom Brady living the life that Joe Montana wanted to live? I don't know what what part of life is that? What is he talking about? Did he want a Brazilian supermodel wife? Like I don't I don't understand. He was in a a system offense with coaches that he could work with that he could relate to. He largely stayed with the same team his entire career. What what does Joe Montana hate? about what Tom Brady did, other than the fact that he's just jealous. I don't understand that, and it made me appreciate the Kareem-LeBron interaction earlier this week. Honestly, everything about that was creepy to me. Like, what is that? I talked to you extensively about eras and that margin between eras, and a lot about main character syndrome as well. Like, I would be a little worried about how he handles his home life and who his friends are in Joe Montana. I'm talking about a grown-ass man, but... If this guy's still living vicariously through a guy like Tom Brady or watching every game on Monday, Thursday, Sunday night and and pissed off when he's watching Tom Brady play, that's creepy. Like, your personal life is all out of whack. All your priorities are out of whack. It's main character syndrome, though. I, it's still thinking that you're the face of whatever's going on and just not being able to let it go. I don't know how you can be friends with the part. That's creepy. It's really, really creepy to me. I just Now, I will be honest. I'm 38, so I saw the back end of Joe Montana and his powers. And he's one of the greatest of all time. But up until we started having this conversation about who the best Super Bowl quarterback was when Francesa brought it up on first take. You got to think that these guys have communicated at some point, Francesa and Joe Montana. I suppose. But like, don't forget, in the last 20 years, we've lived in an age of, of, of Brady and Breeze. And Mahomes, and now Josh Allen, and uh, Joe Burrow. I hadn't thought about Joe Montana in a long time. As you shouldn't. A long time. But you know what? That's no reason to be like, I hate this. I hate this. Like, Joe Montana, he had his era. He was the best of his era. And it can be left at that. And I, I think it's good that maybe a new generation is being exposed to Joe Montana now and just how good he was. That said... That's just generational. That's, I mean, Michael Jordan. Very few people your age actually saw him play at the height of his powers, but he's a recognizable brand. He's a recognizable name. He'll always be that guy. That's going to be Brady. And unfortunately for Joe Montana, it's a product of the era that Tom Brady was a superstar in. That's all there is to it. He hates it. I mean, at this point... He's had more than enough time to let it sink it's in. It's creepy. And grow up. If you really do hate what Tom Brady got, you thought that should be yours, Joe Montana? That's um, that's not a good look in any way, shape, or form. He's Stone Labanowitz, Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levicka. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Can we do it again? Yeah, yeah. Can we do it again? Yeah, yeah. Can we do it again? Yeah, yeah. I need to do it again. From the yeah, Anajar yeah. and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Hey, look at your calendars. It's February 10th. We are literal days away from pitchers and catchers reporting to spring training. Then you know what that means. Everybody else reports to spring training, and you know what that means. All of a sudden, the entire roster and the minor leaguers for the world champion Houston Astros are at the ballpark at the Palm Beaches. The entire expanded roster for the Washington Nationals, they're at the ballpark at the Palm Beaches. Then you know what happens? 
They start playing spring training games. Then you know what happens? The Yankees and the Red Sox, they start to come through. The Grapefruit League starts to come through. You know what else happens? You buy tickets at ballparkpalmbeaches.com. You get in the sun, you grab a cocktail, and you enjoy spring training baseball. It is here, kiddos. Spring training has arrived at the ballpark of the Palm Beaches, a baseball cathedral right in your own backyard in West Palm Beach, the ballpark of the Palm Beaches. Ballparkpalmbeaches.com. Ballparkpalmbeaches.com. Get your spring training tickets now. It's the ballpark of the Palm Beaches. The Friday before the Super Bowl, of course we have to check in with our NFL insider. He is our front office man, former Jets GM, Dolphins boss, Mike Tannenbaum with us here on Ken LaVica Live. And so, Mike, I know you're on the desert. Are you are you physically going to the game? Are you getting out of that chaos and, and, and enjoying the game back here in South Florida before it starts Sunday? Yeah, I will, I will be back in South Florida watching it at home with... Uh, my family, but it's been a, a great couple of days out here in, in Phoenix. What's been the overall vibe, the, the overall feel that you get discussing this game and some of the different ways you've sort of presented it to all the different sports talk radio talkers uh, throughout uh, Radio Row there uh, in the desert. As you sort of talk your way through it, do you feel more this is an Eagles game to lose or Patrick Mahomes is going to perform some sort of magic? Yeah, I think this game's really, really close. You know, two best teams. And, um, yeah, I think Patrick Mahomes makes this game, you know, really equal. And uh, Philly has an amazing roster. They've done a great job. Um, but, you know, one thing we haven't seen, here's an amazing stat, guys. Jalen Hurst has thrown 22 passes this year in the second half when they didn't have the lead. So um, it's just interesting to uh, see if, you know, Kansas City could put Philadelphia in that situation. You've watched a lot of football. You've been in the NFL for a long time. Sal Palantonio, one of your uh, teammates at ESPN, he said late last week that, and I trust his Eagles opinion, this is the greatest Eagles team of all time. And uh, I, I don't disagree. Uh, what, what do you think of, of that statement? Um, look, they got to win a title for that to be the case. Sure. Um, but surely on paper, they, they really have no, no holes whatsoever. Were you surprised at all that Jalen Hurts finished second in MVP voting? I thought for sure Josh Allen or Joe Burrow would finish ahead of Jalen Hurts. I feel good that Jalen Hurts finished there. I think he deserves it. Uh, but were you surprised he was number two behind Patrick Mahomes? Uh, no, look, all, you can make a case for all those guys. But, uh, you know, I think when you look at the totality of what Hurts did, um, he certainly was right in that discussion, and uh, I think you can make a case for Burrow or Allen, but I don't think having Jalen Hurts in a second is, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Mike Tannenbaum with us here. Ken LaVica live on ESPN 106.3, former Jets GM, Dolphins on-field boss man joining us here on ESPN 106.3. As far as that Glendale area, Phoenix, that area is from a Super Bowl city perspective. Where do you put it among some of the other cities that, uh, that are in the Super Bowl rotation? Yeah, no, this has been really good. You know, weather's great and all. And uh, so um, it's really been, um, it's beautiful out here. Uh, great weather, uh, great venue. So I, I, it's, it's all good from uh, my perspective. I felt so good seeing Zach Thomas 
get embraced by Jimmy Johnson, informed that he was headed to the Hall of Fame. For me, a Dolphins guy, it's long overdue. Uh, how did you consume Zach Thomas finally getting the call and heading to Canton? Yeah, I, I have so much respect and admiration. And, it, you know, it's ironic because uh, when I was at the Jets, we one guy we, we specifically went out and acquired was uh, Kevin Mawai just to try to match up with uh, – Zach Thomas because he was so productive and so good and so so instinctive and uh, I am so glad that he got what he richly deserved which is to be in the Hall of Fame. And then I wanted to ask you about Darrell Revis getting into uh, the Hall of Fame as well. Is he is he arguably the the greatest player that you oversaw? And I know you were part of Indomitian Sioux coming to the Dolphins and he'll be headed to Canton. I would think uh, at some point when he decides that that's a wrap on his career. But where does Darrell Revis rank amongst uh, those who worked for Mike Tannenbaum in your front office roles? Yeah, you know, uh, very humbly, Ken. I got to tell you, like, he's certainly up there. I've been to Canton a number of times, and um, I love them all. Like my kids from, you know, Jason Taylor, Curtis Martin, LaDainian Tomlinson. Um, I've been there a few times. Alan Fanica. Um, they're all great. They all deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. And whatever small or significant part I played in acquiring, drafting, each and all those players and people, um, I couldn't be prouder. Mike Tannenbaum, getting humble. Listen, we'll pump you up, Mike. Don't worry about it. Leave it to us. We're gonna, we are going to give you all the credit in the world for when they uh, they get into Canton during the induction ceremonies here. So let me pick your brain real quick before we talk about Greco Chevy. The Eagles win Sunday if what happens. The Chiefs win on Sunday if what happens. Yeah, I think you know the Eagles just gotta keep the ball in a fairway. Like if they play their game, don't turn the ball over, stay balanced on offense. They'll do well. And uh, I think for Kansas City, I think their tackles, Andrew Wiley and uh, Orlando Brown, are going to have to play well because, you know, Josh Sweat and uh, Hassan Reddick are, are great pass rushers. So um, Kansas City, if they could just control the line of scrimmage, I think they'll be in good shape. Before we head into the official Super Bowl weekend, please, Mike, if you could tell us a little bit about Greco Chevy. Yeah, they're uh, always a Super Bowl winner in my book. You know, they have a great car selection, very fair pricing. Um, they're really the best of the best in terms of South Florida car buying experience on Ferro Highway, Delray Beach, Greco Chevrolet, best in class. Mike, appreciate you. Thank you for doing this, and uh, we'll talk to you and uh, get your thoughts on the Super Bowl next week, okay? All right, great. Thank you. Hey, breaking news presented by St. Lucie Battery and Tarn. We thank Mike Tannenbaum for joining us here on Ken Levick Alive again. He is our football insider. Tiger Woods has just tweeted that he is going to play this coming week at the Genesis Invitational. So Tiger Woods, who hasn't played a, a full and actual tournament since the Open Championship, right, Stone? Right. So Tiger is going to be back for the Genesis Invitational in L.A. Tiger tweeting, I'm ready to play an actual PGA Tour event next week. All right. Ken, are you interested? Yes. <laughs> yes, I am interested ask, in this. Ask me, ask Stone, me. Stone, Stone, are you, are, are you interested Hell in Tiger? Hell yeah! Yeah, yeah, that's, that's good We've got to take right Tiger's word for it. Like, if you say you're ready, all right, we're doing hey, it. Hey, why, why the hell not? Why, why should I say you're not ready, Tiger? Uh, hit away. Hey, let's get to our EDS air conditioning coolest moment of the week. Time now for the coolest moment of the week. Cool. Cool, yeah. The coolest moment of the week is brought to you by EDS Air Conditioning. Well, you probably know, based on the fact that we brought it up with Mike Tannenbaum, where we're going here, finally, after so 
many years of being eligible and coming up short on ballot after ballot after ballot after ballot. One of the most underrated, I think, underrated defensive players in the history of the NFL is finally going where he rightfully belongs. And that is Zach Thomas headed to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And he was able to uh, send a message to his fans last night after receiving word via Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson showed up to Zach Thomas's home wearing his gold Hall of Fame jacket. And both were crying and tearful and embracing. And I got to say, that caused me to tear up. And I didn't have anybody near me. So I sort of just embraced myself and just sort of hugged my my body and, and, and brought myself in. But here's, here's what Zach Thomas had to say. Hey, Dolphin fans, I made it. Check this out. Hey, so you, you don't have to vent no more about me not making the Hall of Fame, but I'm very proud to represent you guys, represent my teammates in Canton in this August. So get ready. Let's go. That's awesome. That is so awesome. You feel so good for the guy. Because it's been year after year after year after year, and his numbers suggest he's deserving. And then to finally get in, that's such a special moment. And I, I know that Dolphins fans are going to have the propensity to say, oh, it should have happened five years ago. It should have happened six years. Forget about that. Like It happened. You're basically talking to yourself. I, I know. But but now that it, it, it has happened, it's, it's, it's taking place. Nobody 20 years from now is going to remember how long it took for Zach Thomas to get in the Hall of Fame. What they're going to remember is that he's in the Hall of Fame. What they're going to remember is his induction speech. What they're going to remember is Jimmy Johnson hugging him both with tears streaming down their face. So you don't have to be, as as Zach Thomas put it, venting any longer. You don't have to be petty about it any longer. You don't have to be bitter about it any longer. He's in. He's in. The job's been done. He's in. You'll get a kick out of this. A six years old. The very first number that I wore was 54 because of Zach Thomas. Really? Pretty sure my mother forced it upon me. But this was not Florida version of you, right? This was uh, in Georgia, right? Yeah, well, yeah, it was. Both my parents born and raised in Hollywood, Florida, down south a little okay. bit. Though, so diehard Dolphins so fans. So they brought the Dolphins up to you. Yes, they did. Before you moved down to, to South Florida. So all that uh, Zach Thomas stuff was pushed on me, nice. pushed in front of my face. So I became a quarterback and was still throwing the ball. With At no, 54. Wear, <laughs> wearing number 54. Oh, that would have been awesome if through high school you could have worn 54 <laughs> as a quarterback. No, it would not That have been. would have been sick. So Zach Thomas is in the Hall of Fame. It is awesome. Finally, finally, finally. EDS is, yes, EDS Air Conditioning. They're a trained comfort specialist. It's hard to stop a train. That's EDS Air Conditioning. They've been doing it since 2006. They're family-owned and operated, and they are scheduling appointment times around you. They don't want you to be inconvenienced. They want to make sure that they're able to work around your life. It's what they strive for. That's what happens when you have a family-owned business. They get it. They just understand it. You're always going to see an EDS air conditioning truck driving around because they're always looking to make sure your AC units are all set up. Or if you need a replacement AC unit, they've got your back. Now is not the time to dilly-dally. Get your AC issues if things have been sputtering taken care of now before it gets so hot and so uncomfortable that if something goes wrong, 
you're having to call hotels. No one ever wants to get into that spot where you're having to evacuate your home because it's so hot and terrible. Your AC's out that it is detrimental to your health. EDS is yes. EDSairconditioning.com. EDSairconditioning.com. Set up your appointments. That's EDS Air Conditioning. EDSairconditioning.com. EDS is yes. He's still in the battle. It's Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. This oddly urgent and serious-sounding music means it's time to predict scores for the Super Bowl. Super Bowl Friday on Ken LaVica Live. I'm going to say, Stone, this has been a resounding success. I mean, hell yes, it has. A new tradition has begun today, and it's Super Bowl Friday until the NFL calls and says we can't use the word Super Bowl any longer here on Ken LaVica Live. All right, Stone, give me your score prediction. Sunday, 6.30, State Farm Stadium, Glendale, Arizona. The Philadelphia Eagles take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City, 33. Philadelphia Eagles, 27. Chiefs on top. Patrick Mahomes gets his second. What is going to be the food you consume most on Sunday, Stone? No food. Strictly beer. (laughs) All right. You know what? I wasn't expecting that answer. Caught me off guard. But damn it, do I respect it. Here's my prediction. Uh Uh-huh. Give me the Philadelphia Eagles 28, the Kansas City Chiefs 10. What the? 28 to 10, the Chiefs over the Eagles. Or the Eagles over the Chiefs. Hold on. 28 to 10, the Eagles over the Chiefs (laughs) Sunday. And what will I consume most of? Stone? Tell me. I'm going to get a base. I'm going to get a base. I get the chicken wings. I get a little uh, little lasagna, maybe some lasagna roll-ups. Those are always at the row at Super Bowl party. But yeah, yeah, yeah. What Screw if, you. What am I putting, what am I putting in, the, uh, in the old stomach on Sundays? You tell me. What am I sipping on? You know what? I don't give a bleep anymore because I forgot you're going to be at Brian Rowett's birthday slash Super Bowl slash whatever extravaganza. I don't care. See, I told you you were bitter. You said, oh, okay. No, you care. <laughs> That's what I think of your party. That has been one hell of a Super Bowl Friday. It's not my party. Don't be mad at me. That's Stone. I'm Ken. Bye-bye. You got to love the way he plays the game. Ain't no better time to be great than today. You get off the screen this game, you make a play. It's crazy just to watch the things he does week in and week out. Yo, he is a magician. I'm convinced. magic. Look at the magic of the quarterback. And just his ability to make plays like nobody else we've seen in the game. All votes of confidence for Patrick Mahomes. What did Dan Orlovsky say about Pat Mahomes' legacy? Woo! The Super Bowl does not define a quarterback's legacy. He's sick and tired of the argument. So so let's hear it. Let's hear it. Dan Orlovsky, this is from NFL Live. Yes. NFL Live on ESPN. This is Dan Orlovsky speaking about Pat Mahomes' legacy. If Patrick retired today, he's likely in the Hall of Fame. What he's accomplished, he's gone to five straight conference championship games. 
He's got two MVPs. He's a Super Bowl MVP. He's gone to the Super Bowl three out of the last four years. He's broken statistical, he's doing things historically we have never done. I don't want us to fall into this three, four year or three, four decade conversation of, well, the quarterback always has been and always will be tied to the ultimate end goal. I don't like when we do that. I don't think it's fair to a position that is the most dependent position in all professional sports. Patrick Mahomes is trying to go get a Super Bowl, but for me, it has nothing to do with the legacy, so to speak. That is right now very much so cemented as it comes to an individual player. You know what that sounds like to me? Don't even go there. That sounds like he's already making an excuse for Pat Mahomes. I, how does that not come off as an excuse? I'm sorry. No, it comes off on the side of the argument that it's not easy to win a Super Bowl, and it should not be counted against you, especially I, one out of the 22 guys on the field at one point. I'm not surprised you're saying this as an Aaron Rodgers fan. Don't even go there as well. <laughs> like, five straight AFC Championship game. If he retire right now, he is a first ballot Hall of Famer, but we're going to get into this dog bleep, dog bleep. Trying to find that. Um, yeah, it's dog. Conversation about thanks, Coach Sala. Quarterbacks and how they need rings. It just, oh, I love Dan Olavsky right there. He's on the money to me. But, but what I'm saying though is, it seems like now Dan Olavsky knows what's coming. He's hedging. He knows what's coming. And we talked about it. We talked about it on this show earlier this week when uh, we were we were discussing, hey, who um who who potentially has the the most question that they need to answer? Who potentially right now has the most questions they need to answer involved in the Super Bowl? I said Andy Reid, but I think Pat Mahomes is right there. I think Pat Mahomes is right there, and it's partially because he's been to so many AFC title games, because this is his third Super Bowl. If he goes out like he went out against the Bucs, then I do think he's open for criticism. I know what's going to happen. If the Chiefs lose, then it's going to be uh, a, a open season on Pat Mahomes, and that's unfair. I get that, but... Dan Orlovsky saying that, I, I mean, I just, it sounds like an excuse. If he's going to drop that before the Super Bowl, that timing suggests to me that he's just trying to make an excuse for Pat Mahomes because he knows that the Eagles are the significantly better team. But they're not. Says who? I think the defensive metrics don't match up with the offensive metrics of the Chiefs. They just don't. It's a pick em. It's a pick'em in the Super Bowl. We've gotten like three of them before in the past. A pick'em game. Then why are we going to this place where we're already making excuses for Patrick Mahomes? Let's hear it one more time. This is Dan Orlovsky. Keep in mind, this is 72 hours before the Super Bowl. This is NFL Live, ESPN, Dan Orlovsky volunteering this about Patrick Mahomes 72 hours before the game. If Patrick retired today, he's likely in the Hall of Fame. What he's accomplished, he's gone to five straight conference championship games. He's got two MVPs. He's a Super Bowl MVP. He's gone to the Super Bowl three out of the last four years. He's broken statistical. He's doing things historically we have never done. I don't want us to fall into this three, four year or three, four decade conversation of, well, the quarterback always has been and always will be tied to the ultimate end goal. I don't like when we do that. I don't think it's fair to a position that is the most dependent position in all professional sports. Patrick Mahomes is trying to go get a Super Bowl, but for me, it has nothing to do with the legacy, so to speak. That is right now very much so cemented as it comes to an individual player. Okay. That's fine, but then how are we judging quarterbacks? 
Like, this goes back to a question I keep asking, Stone. How do we judge quarterbacks? Are we doing wins? Are we doing yards? Are we doing touchdowns? Are we doing rings? Because Brady retires, and all of a sudden, it's, oh, well, Peyton Manning was the best regular season quarterback. And, oh, Joe Montana was the best Super Bowl quarterback. And, oh, yeah, there's Brady, but none of those things count. But these other things do count. How do we judge quarterbacks? And here we are, Patrick Mahomes, days before his third Super Bowl appearance, and we're already saying... Hey, his legacy's intact. How dare you? How dare you be critical of him if he loses a Super Bowl again? When if Brady lost a Super Bowl? Ha ha! Ha 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 ha! Look at what happened there to Tom Brady. See? He didn't go undefeated in the Super Bowl like Joe Montana did. Ha ha! What a failure! Like, where? why are we picking and choosing and, and cherry-picking how we attack these different pro arguments for these different quarterbacks? I mean, there's not necessarily an answer, right? That's why we're proposing the question. But first and foremost, I, I, I would say don't overthink it, right? We talked about it a month ago, about which quarterback are you taking right now, whether it was Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. Our inevitable answer on the show between three guys was Patrick Mahomes. Like, what are we judging that off of everything? Like, every metric we put into one and said, this is who we're taking right now if we had to go into a Super Bowl right now. I'm taking Patrick Mahomes over Aaron Rodgers right now. I'm taking Patrick Mahomes over Tom Brady right now, even Tom Brady of five years ago. Like, I'm taking Patrick Mahomes... I don't know what metric I'm going off of, but not overthinking it, I think, is important. I mean, it, I will say what Dan Orlovsky did there, I, I, I get it, but it's also very, it's very unbecoming because it almost seems like Dan Orlovsky is pushing Pat Mahomes' propaganda. Like, come on, man. He more so knows what's coming if the Chiefs do lose. So he's putting up this preventative shield, and it's like, I know what's coming, and I'm trying to take some of the blow for him here. Or trying to make some of you guys not say what I know you're going to say. If the Chiefs lose Sunday, if the Chiefs lose Sunday, how much criticism should Pat Mahomes be open for? If the Chiefs lose on Sunday, is it deserved for Pat Mahomes to receive criticism? I say, yeah, I, 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 I do. Again, you can't play that position in that sport and be shielded from it. And I think Pat Mahomes is the best player in the game. I think Pat Mahomes is the deserved MVP. But, like, I'm sorry, you can't beat that many AFC title games and then lose a second of third Super Bowls and not at least have some questions raised about what's missing. Where's the next step? How come you couldn't finish the job? I, 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 and, and it might come off as unfair, but I don't think it's out of the realm to... Pose questions. Why is this happening? Should Pat Mahomes be open to criticism if the Chiefs lose to the Eagles on Sunday? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And I'll ask you this. Was it Max Kellerman or was it Greenberg who said this was the greatest Eagles team of all time? Or was it Sal Pal? Sal Pal. So let's go. Let's say he loses the two of his three Super Bowls. One of them being two the greatest athlete of our lifetime in Tom Brady, and the other one being to arguably the greatest Eagles team of all time. I compare it to a LeBron James and a Michael Jordan. LeBron James, yeah, he, he's not 6-of-6, six six, or in this case, yeah, that's how many finals he's been to, 8 or 9 of them. He's lost to arguably the greatest basketball team of all time in the Golden State Warriors. He's lost to Dirk Nowinski and these guys when you go back to Michael Jordan, and he was losing to the Jazz. He was getting bounced by the Pistons right. at the time. Like, like I, it's really apples and oranges. I understand what you're saying. Strength of you're, you're bringing like the strength of schedule argument, and it's a strength of quarterback argument, and yeah. that's fine. Except you hit Tom Brady in his grandpa stage. 
Uh, you 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 lost to Tom Brady in his twilight stage, and it wasn't competitive either. Listen, I'm not trying to kneecap Pat Mahomes here. I am a big Patrick Mahomes stan. I appreciate Patrick Mahomes. When we had the debate on this show about Mahomes or Burrow, Mahomes or Burrow, I thought it was patently absurd, ridiculous, downright imbecilic to even bring up that you would take Burrow over Pat Mahomes. That said, I'm sorry. You can't be in five straight AFC title games and have won it in three Super Bowls and have one title to show for it and to be completely bereft of criticism. It just, especially in this sports era, it doesn't work like that. If you're going to be a legacy quarterback, it doesn't work like that. Isn't this reminiscent of 2016 Cavs versus the Warriors? I mean, this is Patrick Mahomes bringing in a sorry Cavs team here. We're talking Isaiah Pacheco, Juju Smith-Schuster, none of the weapons that he's had besides Travis Kelsey. Defense lackluster against what? This is a Golden State Warriors looking Eagles team. Like they got everybody. So who who um who in the Eagles is going to kick someone in the Chiefs in the crotch <laughs> and get ejected in order for the Cavaliers slash Chiefs to be able to win this game? That'd be either Lane Johnson or Jason Kelsey. <laughs> Bold prediction. Yeah. yeah. Or, I like that. or you got like a guy like Brandon Graham who likes to talk a lot of smack. I like that bold crotch kicking prediction. <laughs> I tell you what, man, we have started a legacy segment here on Ken Levicka Live. Bold predictions on a Super Bowl Friday freaking rules. Uh, if Pat Mahomes can't win Sunday, should he be open to criticism? Dan Orlovsky straight up saying no. I don't want to hear it. Uh, legacy set in stone. He'd be a Hall of Famer if he retired today. I think sort of preemptively creating an excuse for Pat Mahomes. Should Pat Mahomes be open to criticism if the Chiefs don't win Sunday? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. In Palm Beach Gardens, let's talk to Bob. What's up, Bob? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Good. I think um, if, if Pat Mahomes goes down... Like the way he did against the Bucks, um, it will be and much deserved. He will be teared, you know, torn apart. If they go to a 31-31, you know, final fourth quarter, last second field goal and lose that way, obviously he. I don't believe he will. Yeah, be context in. matters there. I think you're right, Bob. Context absolutely matters there. You can't fault the dude unless he has a crushing interception late for getting into a shootout. With the Eagles. Like, right. that that would be weird if I jumped on the air Monday and I was like, oh, Mahomes couldn't pull it off because that, that just wouldn't fit with what our eyes saw. Right, and I hate to say it, um, I'm not an Eagles fan. I, I Their fans are the worst and the toughest and <laughs> most ruth, ruth, ruthless in all of sports. But that is true. I do believe, um, I'm a, and I'm a Mahomes believer and a fan, but I do believe the Eagles are, it's their year. It's been their year all season. Um, I just think it, they're going to dominate the game yeah. on uh, both sides of the ball. We're on the same wavelength there, Bob. We absolutely are. Both in Eagles and Philadelphia fans being the worst and the fact that it definitely feels like the Eagles are, uh, are going to win this game Sunday. I am, I'm a bit put off by a current superstar NFL player and a former legendary NFL player. First, I want to... I want to hear from Debo Samuel, who was on with Adam Shine, Sirius XM Mad Dog Radio yesterday from Radio Row at the Super Bowl. 
And this is Debo Samuel talking about if things were different injury-wise in the NFC Championship game. Here's 49ers wide receiver Debo Samuel. I picked you guys to win. I thought you and Christian had unbelievable matchups. You jump out to a lead. The way your defense was playing, number one in the... People talk about the Eagles defense out all week. You guys had the best defense in the NFL. How would you have knocked them off? I mean, is the, I mean, we can just go back to, I mean, first quarter, first half. I mean, just just look how well our defense was actually playing. It's a great point. It's a great um, point. Keeping, keeping Jalen in, in, in the pocket, which he doesn't like to do at all. Um, you can just see, I mean, you you on on fourth and six, you grant them a catch, and you know it's not a catch on, on fourth down. Um, and that caused them to get down there at that point. I mean, then kind of reflect after that. Um, Brock, fumble. I mean, they're right there at the 20-25 the yard line. I mean, all right, that's points right there. Uncomfortably just bad. kind of the amount of penalties that was just like, it was just outrageous. And what a coincidence again, we turn the ball over right there again, and that's it's, it's 21-7. So the offense wasn't doing anything nothing. to be, like literally nothing. Nothing. Our defense was doing as what they were supposed to, and I, I felt like if Brock was in and our quarterback and how our offense moves, I mean, it would. It, I don't think it would have been close if that makes sense. So, I mean... I understand still being upset about how the NFC Championship game went down if you're Debo Samuel, but you can't in good faith say that, A, you would have won the game if Brock Purdy was healthy and was playing quarterback, and especially, B, that it, quote, wouldn't have even been close. This sour grapes thing from the 49ers, can't you just accept the fact that it sucks, your quarterback got hurt, but also, that Eagles defense is the reason your quarterback got hurt, and that Eagles defense is the reason why they won the game and eventually won the game going away. Like, stop. I picked the 49ers to win as well. And you know what? I can acknowledge the Eagles probably were the better team. They were going to be destined to beat the 49ers anyways. Would the game have been closer? Sure. Would the 49ers have won and it wouldn't have even been close, according to Debo Samuel? That's just dumb. And it, this goes back to Christian McCaffrey earlier this week, too, being asked, being asked, hey, uh, who do you pick to win? And he goes, I'm not going to pick either either one of the teams. I don't want either one of the teams to win. Just stop. Just stop. This is not a, a good look on the 49ers. I get being upset, but you got beat up. You got beat up. You got routed. Move on. The problem for me is they're not even hiding the saltiness. Like, And it, it's it, fine to be salty, but this is, like, we're two weeks past it now. In it, a game where it was over in the third quarter. And we're not stupid either. Like, right. Debo was bringing up these examples. Like, nobody believes anything you're saying. The only people that are liking what you're putting out into the air are 49ers fans. That's obviously a small group of people compared to the amount watching the Super Bowl and obviously rooting for a certain side. So these guys aren't even hiding it. It's honestly a little embarrassing. And then, Wright Thompson, just a brilliant writer. One of the greatest sports writers of all time wrote a feature for ESPN.com on Joe Montana. And Wright Thompson, to talk about it, talk about that piece that he wrote where he talked with Joe Montana and put together a beautiful expose. He was on the Dan Patrick show. And the conversation took an interesting turn and took a turn to where I'm not sure 
I can see eye to eye here with Joe Montana. Here's this conversation from the Dan Patrick show. But I also wondered about this, and, and we have Tom Brady, who is now that guy. Joe used to be that guy. Now, what does Joe think about where he is in, in the, uh, the you know, pantheon of quarterbacks now that Brady has superseded him? Oh, I mean, he hates it. You know, I mean, like, I think... Uh, Does he and, say you know, he hates it? He said... You know how Joe is? He's like, but yes, absolutely. I mean, he uh, he watches the, he watches the games. He... He, like the rest of us, wants to know why Pete Carroll didn't give the ball to Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> okay. You know, I mean, he was just like, give the damn ball to Marshawn. I mean, I, I, I think, I mean, I spent a decent amount of time around him. And I think it's he's less jealous of the rings than he is of the fact that he gets to watch someone else sort of live his life that got ripped from him. What what life is that? What life did Joe Montana have ripped from him? I know he suffered some injuries later in his career, and then he ended up in Kansas City, still went to an AFC title game there. But what is with the pettiness there? Or is Wright Thompson just mischaracterizing how Joe Montana sees this? Now, Joe Montana doesn't make himself overly public any longer, but I would hate... For Joe Montana to sit there and to be hating, and I get being competitive. And when you're one of the all-time greats, you're extremely competitive, right? And you you thrive off of, here's what I accomplished. Here's how I keep people from accomplishing what I have accomplished. But the fact of the matter is, when you win seven championships, there was nothing that was going to come out of that if you're Joe Montana. That was that that ship sailed. That petty ship sailed many, 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 many years ago. What are we talking by, like forty? Yeah, by by this time it should have sunk in, right? That hey, Tom Brady, he he accomplished in football what I ultimately wanted to accomplish. But is he talking about Tom Brady's lifestyle? Is he talking about the popularity of Tom Brady? Because again, Joe. It just while the NFL was huge when you were at your prime with the 49ers, the NFL, and that's just based on timing, and nobody could do anything about it. The NFL became that much bigger tenfold by the time Brady came into the mix. And so he became the face of the league. Joe Montana had his time as the face of the league. I just I don't know what there would be to be upset about if you're Joe Montana. What what exactly would would Joe Montana hate about Tom Brady? living the life that Joe Montana wanted to live. I don't know what what part of life is that? What is he talking about? Did he want a Brazilian supermodel wife? Like I don't I don't understand. He was in a a system offense with coaches that he could work with that he could relate to. He largely stayed with the same team his entire career. What what does Joe Montana hate about what Tom Brady did other than the fact that he's just jealous. I don't understand that. And it made me appreciate the Kareem-LeBron interaction earlier this week. Honestly, everything about that was creepy to me. Like, what is that? I talked to you extensively about eras and that margin between eras and a lot about main character syndrome as well. Like, I would be a little worried about how he handles his home life and who his friends are in Joe Montana. I'm talking about a grown-ass man, but... If this guy's still living vicariously through a guy like Tom Brady or watching every game on Monday, Thursday, Sunday night, 
and and pissed off when he's watching Tom Brady play? That's creepy. Like your personal life, it's all out of whack. All your priorities are out of whack. It's main character syndrome, though. I, it's still thinking that you're the face of whatever's going on and just not being able to let it go. I don't know how you can be friends with a part. That's creepy. It's really, really creepy to me. I just now I will be honest. I'm 38, so I saw the back end of Joe Montana and his powers. And he's one of the greatest of all time. But up until we started having this conversation about who the best Super Bowl quarterback was when Francesa brought it up on first take. You got to think that these guys have communicated at some point, Francesa and Joe Montana. I suppose. But like, don't forget, in the last 20 years, we've lived in an age of, of, of Brady and Breeze and Mahomes and now Josh Allen and uh, Joe Burrow. I hadn't thought about Joe Montana in a long time. As you shouldn't. A long time. But you know what? That's no reason to be like, I hate this. I hate this. Like Joe Montana, he had his era. He was the best of his era. And it can be left at that. And I, I think it's good that maybe a new generation is being exposed to Joe Montana now and just how good he was. That said... That's just generational. That's, I mean, Michael Jordan, very few people your age actually saw him play at the height of his powers, but he's a recognizable brand. He's a recognizable name. He'll always be that guy. That's going to be Brady. And unfortunately for Joe Montana, it's a product of the era that Tom Brady was a superstar in. That's all there is to it. He hates it. I mean, at this point, He's had more than enough time to let it sink it's in. It's creepy. And grow up. If you really do hate what Tom Brady got, you thought that should be yours, Joe Montana? That's um, that's not a good look in any way, shape, or form. He stole the banner. It's Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levicka. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Can we do it again? Yeah, yeah. Can we do it again? Yeah, yeah. Can we do it again? Yeah, yeah. I need to do it again. From the yeah, Anajar yeah. and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Hey, look at your calendars. It's February 10th. We are literal days away from pitchers and catchers reporting to spring training. Then you know what that means. Everybody else reports to spring training, and you know what that means. All of a sudden, the entire roster and the minor leaguers for the world champion Houston Astros are at the ballpark at the Palm Beaches. The entire expanded roster for the Washington Nationals, they're at the ballpark at the Palm Beaches. Then you know what happens? They start playing spring training games. Then you know what happens? The Yankees and the Red Sox. They start to come through. The Grapefruit League starts to come through. You know what else happens? You buy tickets at ballparkpalmbeaches.com. You get in the sun, you grab a cocktail, and you enjoy spring training baseball. It is here, kiddos. Spring training has arrived at the ballpark of the Palm Beaches, a baseball cathedral right in your own backyard in West Palm Beach, the ballpark of the Palm Beaches. Ballparkpalmbeaches.com. Ballparkpalmbeaches.com. Get your spring training tickets now. It's the ballpark of the Palm Beaches.
The Friday before the Super Bowl, of course we have to check in with our NFL insider. He is our front office man, former Jets GM, Dolphins boss, Mike Tannenbaum with us here on Ken LaVica Live. And so, Mike, I know you're on the desert. Are you are you physically going to the game? Are you getting out of that chaos and, and, and enjoying the game back here in South Florida before it starts Sunday? Yeah, I will, I will be back in South Florida watching it at home with uh, – my family, but it's been a, a great couple of days out here in, in Phoenix. What's been the overall vibe, the, the overall feel that you get discussing this game and some of the different ways you've sort of presented it to all the different sports talk radio talkers uh, throughout uh, Radio Row there uh, in the desert. As you sort of talk your way through it, do you feel more this is an Eagles game to lose or Patrick Mahomes is going to perform some sort of magic? Yeah, I think this game's really, really close. You know, two best teams. And, um, yeah, I think Patrick Mahomes makes this game, you know, really equal. And uh, Philly has an amazing roster. They've done a great job. Um, but, you know, one thing we haven't seen, here's an amazing stat, guys. Jalen Hurst has thrown 22 passes this year in the second half when they didn't have the lead. So um, it's just interesting to uh, see if, you know, Kansas City could put Philadelphia in that situation. You've watched a lot of football. You've been in the NFL for a long time. Sal Palantonio, one of your uh, teammates at ESPN, he said late last week that, and I trust his Eagles' opinion, this is the greatest Eagles team of all time. And uh, I, I don't disagree. Uh, what, what do you think uh, of that statement? Um, look, they got to win a title for that to be the case. Sure. Um, but surely on paper, they, they really have no, no holes whatsoever. Were you surprised at all that Jalen Hurts finished second in MVP voting? I thought for sure Josh Allen or Joe Burrow would finish ahead of Jalen Hurts. I feel good that Jalen Hurts finished there. I think he deserves it. Uh, but were you surprised he was number two behind Patrick Mahomes? Uh, no, look, all, you can make a case for all those guys. But, uh, you know, I think when you look at the totality of what Hurts did, um, he certainly was right in that discussion, and uh, I think you can make a case for Burrow or Allen, but I don't think having Jalen Hurts in a second is, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Mike Tannenbaum with us here. Ken LaVica live on ESPN 106.3, former Jets GM, Dolphins on-field boss man joining us here on ESPN 106.3. As far as that Glendale area, Phoenix, that area is from a Super Bowl city perspective. Where do you put it among some of the other cities that, uh, that are in the Super Bowl rotation? Yeah, no, this has been really good. You know, weather's great and all. And uh, so um, it's really been, um, it's beautiful out here. Uh, great weather, uh, great venue. So I, I, it's, it's all good from uh, my perspective. I felt so good seeing Zach Thomas get embraced by Jimmy Johnson, informed that he was headed to the Hall of Fame. For me, a Dolphins guy, it's long overdue. Uh, how did you consume Zach Thomas finally getting the call and heading to Canton? Yeah, I, I have so much respect and admiration. And, it, you know, it's ironic because uh, when I was at the Jets, we one guy we, we specifically went out and acquired was uh, Kevin Mawai just to try to match up with uh, – Zach Thomas because he was so productive and so good and so so instinctive and 
uh, I am so glad that he got what he richly deserved, which is to be in the Hall of Fame. And then I wanted to ask you about Darrell Revis getting into uh, the Hall of Fame as well. Is he is he arguably the the greatest player that you oversaw? And I know you were part of Indomitian Sioux coming to the Dolphins, and he'll be headed to Canton, I would think, uh, at some point when he decides that that's a wrap on his career. But where does Darrell Revis rank amongst uh, those who worked for Mike Tannenbaum in your front office roles? Yeah, you know, uh, very humbly, Ken. I got to tell you, like, he's certainly up there. I've been to Canton a number of times, and um, I love them all. Like, my kids from, you know, Jason Taylor, Curtis Martin, LaDainian Tomlinson. Um, I've been there a few times. Alan Fanica. Um, they're all great. They all deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. And whatever small or significant part I played in acquiring, drafting, each and all those players and people, um, I couldn't be prouder. Mike Tannenbaum, getting humble. Listen, we'll pump you up, Mike. Don't worry about it. Leave it to us. We're gonna, we are going to give you all the credit in the world for when they uh, they get into Canton during the induction ceremonies here. So let me pick your brain real quick before we talk about Greco Chevy. The Eagles win Sunday if what happens. The Chiefs win on Sunday if what happens. Yeah, I think you know the Eagles just got to keep the ball in a fairway. Like if they play their game, don't turn the ball over, stay balanced on offense. They'll do well. And uh, I think for Kansas City, I think their tackles, Andrew Wiley and uh, Orlando Brown, are going to have to play well because, you know, Josh Sweat and uh, Hassan Reddick are, are great pass rushers. So um, Kansas City, if they could just control the line of scrimmage, I think they'll be in good shape. Before we head into the official Super Bowl weekend, please, Mike, if you could tell us a little bit about Greco Chevy. Yeah, they're uh, always a Super Bowl winner in my book. You know, they have a great car selection, very fair pricing. Um, they're really the best of the best in terms of South Florida car buying experience on Ferro Highway, Delray Beach, Greco Chevrolet, best in class. Mike, appreciate you. Thank you for doing this, and uh, we'll talk to you and uh, get your thoughts on the Super Bowl next week, okay? All right, great. Thank you. Hey, breaking news presented by St. Lucie Battery and Tyron. We thank Mike Tannenbaum for joining us here on Ken Levick Alive again. He is our football insider. Tiger Woods has just tweeted that he is going to play this coming week at the Genesis Invitational. So Tiger Woods, who hasn't played a, a full and actual tournament since the Open Championship, right, Stone? Right. So Tiger is going to be back for the Genesis Invitational in L.A. Tiger tweeting, I'm ready to play an actual PGA Tour event next week. All right. Ken, are you interested? Yes. <laughs> yes, I am interested ask, in this. Ask me, ask Stone, me. Stone, Stone, are you, are, are you interested Hell in Tiger? Hell yeah! Yeah, yeah, that's... That's good. We just gotta right take there. Tiger's word for it. Like if you say you're ready, all right, we're turning. Hey, it in. why the hell? Why the hell not? Why? Why should I say you're not ready, Tiger? Uh, hit away. Hey, let's get to our EDS air conditioning coolest moment of the week. Time now for the coolest moment of the week. Cool, cool, yeah. The coolest moment of the week is brought to you by EDS air conditioning. Well, you probably know based on. The fact that we brought it up with Mike Tannenbaum, where we're going here. Finally, after so many years of being eligible and coming up short on ballot after ballot after ballot after ballot, one of the most underrated, I think, underrated defensive players in the history of the NFL is finally going where he rightfully belongs. And that is Zach Thomas headed to the pro football Hall of Fame, and he was able to uh, send a message to his fans last night after 
receiving word via Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson showed up to Zach Thomas's home wearing his gold Hall of Fame jacket, and both were crying and tearful and embracing. And I got to say, that caused me to tear up, and I didn't have anybody near me, so I sort of just embraced myself and just sort of hugged my my body and, and, and brought myself in. But here's, here's what Zach Thomas had to say. Hey, Dolphin fans, I made it. Check this out. Hey, so you, you don't have to vent no more about me not making the Hall of Fame, but I'm very proud to represent you guys, represent my teammates in Canton in this August. So get ready. Let's go. That's awesome. That is so awesome. You feel so good for the guy. Because it's been year after year after year after year, and his numbers suggest he's deserving. And then to finally get in, that's such a special moment. And I, I know that Dolphins fans are going to have the propensity to say, oh, it should have happened five years ago. It should have happened six years. Forget about that. Like It happened. You're basically talking to yourself. I, I know. But but now that it, it, it has happened, it's, it's, it's taking place. Nobody 20 years from now is going to remember how long it took for Zach Thomas to get in the Hall of Fame. What they're going to remember is that he's in the Hall of Fame. What they're going to remember is his induction speech. What they're going to remember is Jimmy Johnson hugging him both with tears streaming down their face. So you don't have to be, as, as Zach Thomas put it, venting any longer. You don't have to be petty about it any longer. You don't have to be bitter about it any longer. He's in. He's in. The job's been done. He's in. You'll get a kick out of this. I'm six years old. The very first number that I wore was 54 because of Zach Thomas. Really? Pretty sure my mother forced it upon me. But this was not Florida version of you, right? This was uh, in Georgia, right? Yeah, well, yeah, it was. Both my parents born and raised in Hollywood, Florida, down south a little bit. Okay. Though, so diehard Dolphins so fans. So they brought the Dolphins up to you. Yes, they did. Before you moved down to, to South Florida. So all that uh, Zach Thomas stuff was pushed on me, nice. put in front of my face. So I became a quarterback and was still throwing the ball. With At 54? No, wearing wear number 54. Oh, that would have been awesome if through high school you could have worn 54 <laughs> as a quarterback. No, it would not. That have would have been sick. So Zach Thomas is in the Hall of Fame. It is awesome. Finally, finally, finally. EDS is, yes, EDS Air Conditioning. They're a trained comfort specialist. It's hard to stop a train. That's EDS Air Conditioning. They've been doing it since 2006. They're family-owned and operated, and they are scheduling appointment times around you. They don't want you to be inconvenienced. They want to make sure that they're able to work around your life. It's what they strive for. That's what happens when you have a family-owned business. They get it. They just understand it. You're always going to see an EDS air conditioning truck driving around because they're always looking to make sure your AC units are all set up. Or if you need a replacement AC unit, they've got your back. Now is not the time to dilly-dally. Get your AC issues if things have been sputtering taken care of now before it gets so hot and so uncomfortable that if something goes wrong, you're having to call hotels. No one ever wants to get into that spot where you're having to evacuate your home because it's so hot and terrible. Your AC's out that it is detrimental to your health. EDS is yes. EDSairconditioning.com. EDSairconditioning.com. Set up your appointments. That's EDS Air Conditioning. EDSairconditioning.com. EDS is yes. He's telling the battle. It's Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. This oddly urgent and serious-sounding music means it's time to predict scores for the Super Bowl. 
Super Bowl Friday on Ken LaVica Live. I'm going to say, Stone, this has been a resounding success. I mean, hell yes, it has. A new tradition has begun today, and it's Super Bowl Friday until the NFL calls and says we can't use the word Super Bowl any longer here on Ken LaVica Live. All right, Stone. Give me your score prediction. Sunday, 6.30, State Farm Stadium, Glendale, Arizona. The Philadelphia Eagles take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City, 33. Philadelphia Eagles, 27. Chiefs on top. Patrick Mahomes gets his second. What is going to be the food you consume most on Sunday, Stone? No food. Strictly beer. (laughs) All right. You know what? I wasn't expecting that answer. Caught me off guard. But damn it, do I respect it. Here's my prediction. Uh Uh-huh. Give me the Philadelphia Eagles 28, the Kansas City Chiefs 10. Oh. What the? 28 to 10, the Chiefs over the Eagles. Or the Eagles over the Chiefs. Hold on. 28 to 10, the Eagles over the Chiefs <laughs> Sunday. And what will I consume most of? Stone, tell me. I'm going to get a base. I'm going to get a base. I get the chicken wings. I get a little uh, little lasagna, maybe some lasagna roll-ups. Those are always at the Rowett Super Bowl party. But yeah, yeah, yeah. What Screw if, you. What am I putting, what am I putting in, the, uh, in the old stomach on Sundays? You tell me. What am I sipping on? You know what? I don't give a bleep anymore because I forgot you're going to be at Brian Rowett's birthday slash Super Bowl slash whatever extravaganza. I don't care. See, I told you you were bitter. You said, oh, okay. No, you care. That's <laughs> what so I think of your party. That has been one hell of a Super Bowl Friday. It's not my party. Don't be mad at me. That's Stone. I'm Ken. Bye-bye. Do it again. Yeah, yeah. Can we do it again? Yeah, yeah. Can we do it again? Yeah, yeah. I need to do it again. From the yeah, Anajar yeah. and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Hey, look at your calendars. It's February 10th. We are literal days away from pitchers and catchers reporting to spring training. Then you know what that means. Everybody else reports to spring training. And you know what that means. All of a sudden, the entire roster and the minor leaguers for the world champion Houston Astros are at the ballpark at the Palm Beaches. The entire expanded roster for the Washington Nationals, they're at the ballpark at the Palm Beaches. Then you know what happens? They start playing spring training games. Then you know what happens? The Yankees and the Red Sox, they start to come through. The Grapefruit League starts to come through. You know what else happens? You buy tickets at ballparkpalmbeaches.com. You get in the sun, you grab a cocktail, and you enjoy spring training baseball. It is here, kiddos. Spring training has arrived at the ballpark of the Palm Beaches, a baseball cathedral right in your own backyard in West Palm Beach, the ballpark of the Palm Beaches. Ballparkpalmbeaches.com. Ballparkpalmbeaches.com. Get your spring training tickets now. It's the ballpark of the Palm Beaches. The Friday before the Super Bowl, of course we have to check in with our NFL insider. He is our front office man, former Jets GM, Dolphins boss, Mike Tannenbaum with us here on Ken LaVica Live. And so, Mike, I know you're on the desert. Are you are you physically going to the game? Are you getting out of that chaos and, and, and enjoying the game back here in South Florida before it starts Sunday? Yeah, I will, I will be back in South Florida watching it at home with uh, 
my family, but it's been a, a great couple of days out here in, in Phoenix. What's been the overall vibe, the, the overall feel that you get discussing this game and some of the different ways you've sort of presented it to all the different sports talk radio talkers uh, throughout uh, Radio Row there uh, in the desert? As you sort of talk your way through it, do you feel more this is an Eagles game to lose or Patrick Mahomes is going to perform some sort of magic? Yeah, I think this game's really, really close. You know, two best teams. And, um, yeah, I think Patrick Mahomes makes this game, you know, really equal. And uh, Philly has an amazing roster. They've done a great job. Um, but, you know, one thing we haven't seen, here's an amazing stat, guys. Jalen Hurst has thrown 22 passes this year in the second half when they didn't have the lead. So um, it's just interesting to uh, see if, you know, Kansas City could put Philadelphia in that situation. You've watched a lot of football. You've been in the NFL for a long time. Sal Palantonio, one of your uh, teammates at ESPN, he said late last week that, and I trust his Eagles opinion, this is the greatest Eagles team of all time. And uh, I, I don't disagree. Uh, wh what do you think uh, of that statement? Um, look, they got to win a title for that to be the case. Sure. Um, but surely on paper, they, they really have no, no holes whatsoever. Were you surprised at all that Jalen Hurts finished second in MVP voting? I thought for sure Josh Allen or Joe Burrow would finish ahead of Jalen Hurts. I feel good that Jalen Hurts finished there. I think he deserves it. Uh, but were you surprised he was number two behind Patrick Mahomes? Uh, no, look, all, you can make a case for all those guys. But, uh, you know, I think when you look at the totality of what Hurts did, um, he certainly was right in that discussion, and uh, I think you can make a case for Burrow or Allen, but I don't think having Jalen Hurts in a second is, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Mike Tannenbaum with us here. Ken Levick alive on ESPN 106.3, former Jets GM, Dolphins on-field boss man, joining us here on ESPN 106.3. As far as that Glendale area, Phoenix, that area is from a Super Bowl city perspective. Where do you put it among some of the other cities that, uh, that are in the Super Bowl rotation? Yeah, no, this has been really good. You know, weather's great and all. And uh, so um, it's really been, um, it's beautiful out here. Uh, great weather, uh, great venue. So I, I, it's, it's all good from uh, my perspective. I felt so good seeing Zach Thomas get embraced by Jimmy Johnson, informed that he was headed to the Hall of Fame. For me, a Dolphins guy, it's long overdue. Uh, how did you consume Zach Thomas finally getting the call and heading to Canton? Yeah, I, I have so much respect and admiration. And, it, you know, it's ironic because uh, when I was at the Jets, we one guy we, we specifically went out and acquired was uh, Kevin Mawai just to try to match up with uh, – Zach Thomas because he was so productive and so good and so so instinctive and uh, I am so glad that he got what he richly deserved which is to be in the Hall of Fame. And then I wanted to ask you about Darrell Revis getting into uh, the Hall of Fame as well. Is he is he arguably the the greatest player that you oversaw? And I know you were part of Indomitian Sioux coming to the Dolphins and he'll be headed to Canton. I would think uh, at some point when he decides that that's a wrap on his career. But where does Darrell Revis rank amongst uh, those who worked for Mike Tannenbaum in your front office roles? Yeah, you know, uh, very humbly, Ken. I got to tell you, like, he's certainly up there. I've been to Canton a number of times, and um, I love them all. Like, my kids from, you know, Jason Taylor, Curtis Martin, Ladane Tomlinson. Um, I've been there a few times. Alan Fanica. 
Um, they're all great. They all deserve to be in the Hall of Fame and whatever small or significant part I played in acquiring, drafting, each and all those players and people, um, I couldn't be prouder. Mike Tannenbaum, getting humble. Listen, we'll pump you up, Mike. Don't worry about it. Leave it to us. We're gonna, we are going to give you all the credit in the world for when they uh, they get into Canton during the induction ceremonies here. So let me pick your brain real quick before we talk about Greco Chevy. The Eagles win Sunday if what happens. The Chiefs win on Sunday if what happens. Yeah, I think you know the Eagles just gotta keep the ball in a fairway. Like if they play their game, don't turn the ball over, stay balanced on offense. They'll do well. And uh, I think for Kansas City, I think their tackles, Andrew Wiley and uh, Orlando Brown, are going to have to play well because, you know, Josh Sweat and uh, Hassan Reddick are, are great pass rushers. So um, Kansas City, if they could just control the line of scrimmage, I think they'll be in good shape. Before we head into the official Super Bowl weekend, please, Mike, if you could tell us a little bit about Greco Chevy. Yeah, they're uh, always a Super Bowl winner in my book. You know, they have a great car selection, very fair pricing. Um, they're really the best of the best in terms of South Florida car buying experience on Farrell Highway, Delray Beach, Greco Chevrolet, best in class. Mike, appreciate you. Thank you for doing this, and uh, we'll talk to you and uh, get your thoughts on the Super Bowl next week, okay? All right, great. Thank you. Hey, breaking news presented by St. Lucie Battery and Tire, and we thank Mike Tannenbaum for joining us here on Ken Levick Alive again. He is our football insider. Tiger Woods has just tweeted that he is going to play this coming week at the Genesis Invitational. So Tiger Woods, who hasn't played a, a full and actual tournament since the Open Championship, right, Stone? Right. So Tiger is going to be back for the Genesis Invitational in L.A. Tiger tweeting, I'm ready to play an actual PGA Tour event next week. All right. Ken, are you interested? Yes. <laughs> yes, I am interested ask, in this. Ask me, ask Stone, me. Stone, Stone, are you, are, are you interested Hell in Tiger? Hell yeah! Yeah, yeah, that's... That's good. We just gotta right take there. Tiger's word for it. Like if you say you're ready, all right, we're doing hey, it. Hey, why the hell? Why the hell not? Why? Why should I say you're not ready, Tiger? Uh, hit away. Hey, let's get to our EDS air conditioning coolest moment of the week. Time now for the coolest moment of the week. Cool. Cool, yeah. The coolest moment of the week is brought to you by EDS Air Conditioning. Well, you probably know, based on the fact that we brought it up with Mike Tannenbaum, where we're going here, finally, after so many years of being eligible and coming up short on ballot after ballot after ballot after ballot, one of the most underrated, I think, Underrated defensive players in the history of the NFL is finally going where he rightfully belongs. And that is Zach Thomas headed to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And he was able to uh, send a message to his fans last night after receiving word via Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson showed up to Zach Thomas's home wearing his gold Hall of Fame jacket. And both were crying and tearful and embracing and I gotta say that caused me to tear up and I didn't have anybody near me so I sort of just embraced myself and just sort of hugged my my body and 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 brought myself in but here's here's what Zach Thomas had to say hey Dolphin fans I made it check this out hey so you, you don't have to vent no more about me not making the Hall of Fame but I'm very proud to represent you guys, represent my teammates in Canton in this August. So get ready. 
Let's go. That's awesome. That is so awesome. You feel so good for the guy. Because it's been year after year after year after year, and his numbers suggest he's deserving. And then to finally get in, that's such a special moment. And I, I know that Dolphins fans are going to have the propensity to say, oh, it should have happened five years ago. It should have happened six years. Forget about that. Like, it happened. You're basically talking to yourself. I, I know. But but now that it, it, it has happened, it's, it's, it's taking place. Nobody 20 years from now is going to remember how long it took for Zach Thomas to get in the Hall of Fame. What they're going to remember is that he's in the Hall of Fame. What they're going to remember is his induction speech. What they're going to remember is Jimmy Johnson hugging him both with tears streaming down their face. So you don't have to be, as, as Zach Thomas put it, venting any longer. You don't have to be petty about it any longer. You don't have to be bitter about it any longer. He's in. He's in. The job's been done. He's in. You'll get a kick out of this. I was six years old. The very first number that I wore was 54 because of Zach Thomas. Really? Pretty sure my mother forced it upon me. But this was not Florida version of you, right? This was uh, in Georgia, right? Yeah, well, yeah, it was. Both my parents born and raised in Hollywood, Florida, down south a little bit. Okay. Though, so diehard Dolphins So fans. they brought the Dolphins up to you. Yes, they did. Before you moved down to, to South Florida. So all that uh, Zach Thomas stuff was pushed on me, nice. pushed in front of my face. So I became a quarterback and was still throwing the ball. With At 54. Where, where in number 54. Oh, that would have been awesome if through high school you could have worn 54 <laughs> as a quarterback. No, it would not. That have would have been sick. So Zach Thomas is in the Hall of Fame. It is awesome. Finally, finally, finally. EDS is, yes, EDS Air Conditioning. They're a trained comfort specialist. It's hard to stop a train. That's EDS Air Conditioning. They've been doing it since 2006. They're family owned and operated, and they are scheduling appointment times around you. They don't want you to be inconvenienced. They want to make sure that they're able to work around your life. It's what they strive for. That's what happens when you have a family-owned business. They get it. They just understand it. You're always going to see an EDS air conditioning truck driving around because they're always looking to make sure your AC units are all set up. Or if you need a replacement AC unit, they've got your back. Now is not the time to dilly-dally. Get your AC issues if things have been sputtering taken care of now before it gets so hot and so uncomfortable that if something goes wrong, you're having to call hotels. No one ever wants to get into that spot where you're having to evacuate your home because it's so hot and terrible. Your AC's out that it is detrimental to your health. EDS is yes. EDSairconditioning.com. EDSairconditioning.com. Set up your appointments. That's EDS Air Conditioning. EDSairconditioning.com. EDS is yes. He's still in the battle. It's Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. This oddly urgent and serious-sounding music means it's time to predict scores for the Super Bowl. Super Bowl Friday on Ken LaVica Live. I'm going to say, Stone, this has been a resounding success. I mean, hell yes, it has. A new tradition has begun today, and it's Super Bowl Friday until the NFL calls and says we can't use the word Super Bowl any longer here on Ken LaVica Live. All right, Stone, give me your score prediction. Sunday, 6.30, State Farm Stadium, Glendale, Arizona. The Philadelphia Eagles take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City, 33. Philadelphia Eagles, 27. Chiefs on top. Patrick Mahomes gets his second. What is going to be the food you consume most on Sunday, Stone? No food. Strictly beer. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right. You know what? I wasn't expecting that answer. Caught me off guard. But damn it, do I respect it. Here's my prediction. Uh-huh. Give me the Philadelphia Eagles 28, the Kansas City Chiefs 10. Oh, what the? 28 to 10, the Chiefs over the Eagles. Or the Eagles over the Chiefs. Hold on. <clears throat> 28 to 10, the Eagles over the Chiefs <laughs> Sunday. And what will I consume most of? Stone, tell me. I'm gonna, no, I'm gonna get a base. I'm gonna get a base. I get the chicken wings. I get a little, uh, little lasagna. Maybe some lasagna roll-ups. Those are always at the Rowett Super Bowl party. But yeah, yeah, yeah. What Screw if, you. What am I putting? What am I putting in the uh, in the old stomach on Sundays? You tell me. What am I sipping on? You know what? I don't give a bleep anymore because I forgot you're gonna be at Brian Rowett's birthday slash Super Bowl slash whatever extravaganza. I don't care. See, I told you you were bitter. You said, "Oh, okay. no, you care." <laughs> That's what I think of your party. That has been one hell of a Super Bowl Friday. It's not my party. Don't be mad at me. That's Stone. I'm Ken. Bye-bye. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. There's oddly urgent and serious-sounding music means it's time to predict scores. For the Super Bowl. Super Bowl Friday on Ken LaVica Live. I'm going to say, Stone, this has been a resounding success. I mean, hell yes it has. A new tradition has begun today, and it's Super Bowl Friday until the NFL calls and says we can't use the word Super Bowl any longer here on Ken LaVica Live. All right, Stone, give me your score prediction. Sunday, 6.30, State Farm Stadium, Glendale, Arizona. The Philadelphia Eagles take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City, 33. Philadelphia Eagles, 27. Chiefs on top. Patrick Mahomes gets his second. What is going to be the food you consume most on Sunday, Stone? No food. Strictly beer. (laughs) All right. You know what? I wasn't expecting that answer. Caught me off guard. But damn it, do I respect it. Here's my prediction. Uh Uh-huh. Give me the Philadelphia Eagles 28, the Kansas City Chiefs 10. Oh. What the? 28 to 10, the Chiefs over the Eagles. Or the Eagles over the Chiefs. Hold on. 28 to 10, the Eagles over the Chiefs (laughs) Sunday. And what will I consume most of? Stone. Tell me. I'm going to get a base. I'm going to get a base. I get the chicken wings. I get a little uh, little lasagna, maybe some lasagna roll-ups. Those are always at the Rowett Super Bowl party. But yeah, yeah, yeah. What Screw if, you. What am I putting What am I putting in the uh, in the old stomach on Sundays? You tell me. What am I sipping on? You know what? I don't give a bleep anymore because I forgot you're going to be at Brian Rowett's birthday slash Super Bowl slash whatever extravaganza. I don't care. See, I told you you were bitter. You said, oh, okay. No, you care. <laughs> That's what I think of your party. That has been one hell of a Super Bowl Friday. It's not my party. Don't be mad at me. That's Stone. I'm Ken. Bye-bye.